0: On January 22nd, 2016, at approximately 5 in the morning, three very dangerous criminals successfully escaped from the Orange County Men's Central Jail located in the city of Santa Ana, California. At the time, I was working very, very close to the facility, and I'd pass by it, usually, when I was looking for places to stop for lunch or to meet my husband for his lunch break as he also worked in Orange County at the time. So when this jailbreak occurred, I was paying close attention, and it would go down as one of the most daring escapes in Orange County history, and the first in more than a quarter century. Before we get into how they managed to pull this off, let's talk about who these men are. Their names were Bak Tendung, Jonathan Tu, and Hossein Nayeri, Each of them were and are considered to be three very dangerous and violent individuals. Jonathan Tu, aged 20 at the time, and Bac Dung, 43 at the time, were suspected of having strong associations with local Orange County Vietnamese American street gangs. If you're from Southern California, then you may very well be aware that there is a large Vietnamese community within Orange County, commonly referred to as Little Saigon. And I've mentioned to you guys in the past that my mom is an immigrant from Vietnam, so myself and my daughter frequently take her to Little Saigon on the weekends so she can go shopping and get the produce and things that she needs for the week. And we almost always have to take in some Vietnamese cuisine. I could very easily point you in the direction when it comes to my favorite pho, banh mi, or goi but ask me about Vietnamese street gangs, I know nothing. So too, had been associated with the Tiny Rascal Gang, a chiefly Cambodian-American organized crime group that's based here in California, that formed sometime in the early 80s and is considered to be one of the largest Asian-American gangs in the country. While members of the gang are usually of Cambodian descent, there are other Southeast Asians that are included in the gang, and this includes those of Vietnamese descent. Their colors are gray, and they are known to wear Oakland Raiders apparel. So was in the county jail, arrested on suspicion of a murder and attempted murder for a shooting that occurred outside of a pool hall in Garden Grove, California, on March 20th, 2011. In that shooting, 19-year-old Scotty Boo was killed, and another man was injured. Till had already gone through one trial, but the jury deadlocked, and a mistrial was declared, and so, he was in the county jail, awaiting a retrial. Dung was being charged with attempted murder, assault with a firearm, and discharging a weapon into a residential structure. This incident occurred in November of 2015 in the city of Santa Ana and Dung was in the county jail waiting while his case made its way through the system. His criminal history included a burglary conviction in 1995, two counts of burglary and receiving stolen property in 2007, for which he served two years. In 2008, he pleaded guilty to drug possession with intent to sell, possession of a firearm by a convicted felon, and attempting to evade police. For that, he was sentenced to six years. In 2011, Dung pleaded guilty again to drug possession with intent to sell and the sale and transportation of a controlled substance, for which he was sentenced to three more years in prison. Not really that great at being a criminal, this guy. Well, actually, let's not be too quick to judge. Not just yet. So the third escapee was a man named Hossein Nairi, 38 years old at the time. He was in the county jail, charged with kidnapping, after he had actually fled to Iran in order to evade prosecution. But he was arrested in Prague in the Czech Republic and was extradited back to Orange County to be made to face those kidnapping charges. It was apparent that these three men worked on their escape for quite some time. It was obvious that they spent months planning this. So, how'd they do it? Well, I'm going to tell you. They managed to cut into a reinforced steel ventilation grill, managed to keep it in place as they worked at it, essentially turning it into a doggy door, low on the wall, obscured by their bunk beds. They somehow did all this painstaking cutting and sawing without ever being detected by anyone. No other inmates noticed and neither did the guards. Once they were able to gain access into the walls of the jails, plumbing and ventilation systems, they began exploring quietly and covertly cutting a pathway through the maze, working their way up to the roof again completely unnoticed that any one of them was missing from their dorm, scurrying around within the walls, carving through metal bars and rebar as they went, until they finally made their way up into the air shafts near the roof. Once they were ready to pull off their disappearing act, each of them made their way through the passageway that they had carved within the walls, emerging onto the roof of the jail, and using a collection of bedsheets they had fashioned together to form a rope to rappel down the side of the building, they made their way down the five-story building, landing squarely in front of the main entrance of the adjacent Orange County Sheriff's Department. And with that, they were gone, leaving behind an embarrassed Sheriff's Department. Incidentally, Nairi had smuggled in an iPhone, with which he was documenting their escape start to finish. He wanted to be a YouTuber. He wanted to go viral and he wanted to be famous for this. By the way, the Orange County Men's Central Jail now has cell phone sniffing dogs. Didn't even know that was a thing. There was an inmate headcount that morning at 5 a.m. the day that these three men escaped. This full count is conducted twice a day. At least it was. I'm pretty sure policies have changed since then. Every inmate is required to be next to his bunk where he is ID'd by name, number and photo. All three men were apparently accounted for at that 5am head count. The second count of the day took place at 8pm that evening, 15 hours later. And that's when they were discovered missing. It wasn't until then that their escape route had been uncovered. And by then, they were, of course, long gone. They had landed on the lawn of the Sheriff's Department at 6.53 a.m. So, it became clear that this elaborate cutting and escape was months in the making. Of course, in the wake of this, like I said, the county was going to have to implement some procedural changes in the way things were done at the Men's Central Jail. And there's a lot of changes that they've made, so that would be something for a whole different episode. Once these guys were free, they called for a cab. A call that was answered by a driver by the name of Long Ma, who only spoke Vietnamese. They had Long taxi them around all over Southern California. After a few hours, Dung brandished a weapon, holding it against Long's ribs, and told him he wasn't a cab driver anymore, but rather a getaway driver. They stopped off for at least one night at a motel in the city of Rosemead, California. It was then that sometime while they were in this area, they answered an ad on Craigslist for a van for sale. When the owner showed up with the van, they took it for a test drive and never came back. They left, headed north with the van and the cab, And Long. They wound up at a motel in San Jose, California, where they partook in drinking some beers and Jack Daniels. Then the three escapees began discussing killing Long, but they were doing so in English, so he really didn't have a grasp of the gravity as to what they were talking about. Two of them wanted to kill the old man, but one of them, Dong, He did not. He'd grown fond of the cab driver. He didn't want him to die. And he fought with his fellow escapees. Fought to keep them from doing Long any harm. To the point that punches were thrown. At one point, they escorted Long to the end of Santa Cruz Pier. They asked him to hold a rope and had him pose for some pictures on their cell phone. Long was thinking that they were going to throw him off the end of the pier, but they didn't. As a matter of fact, the next day, Long and Dung managed to ditch the escape. While they were staying at that motel in Northern California, Dung grew increasingly concerned that the other two were going to kill Long, and it was at that point he decided he was done. Hurting Long was not an option, and he felt like he needed to get him away from the others. So, the next morning, Nyeri and Tu went to get the windows tinted on the van. Dong asked Nyeri to leave the gun behind so he could control the hostage, which he did. Once Nyeri and Tu left, Dong and Lung took the taxi and headed back down to Southern California, where Dong turned himself back in to Orange County authorities. Remember what I told you earlier, he is not that good at being a criminal, right? Good thing too. Dung wasn't like the others that he had absconded with. Long stayed with Dung, right up until the moment police came to where he had had a friend call 911 for police to come and pick him up. And then the following day, A vigilant homeless man in San Francisco who had his eyes and ears tuned into the news all the time knew that there was a jailbreak and he knew exactly what kind of vehicle they were driving, that stolen van. And he just so happened to spot a suspicious van, just like the one he had seen on TV being reported about, parked near a Whole Foods across the way from the Golden Gate Park. He quickly got the attention of a police officer nearby and reported the vehicle. The officer approached the van, and the fugitives were indeed inside. Till was taken into custody, found hiding in the van, and Nyeri took officers on a brief foot chase but was captured soon afterwards. After eight days, this escape was over. The homeless man who had alerted police to the van was awarded $100,000 of the reward for the capture for his role in helping get the two remaining fugitives back into custody. $50,000 went to three others who had alerted police with pertinent information. But the cab driver, Long Ma, he was not eligible for any of the reward, despite his attorney's efforts to have some awarded to him. He is suing the county for the trauma he had suffered as a result of the escape and his lawsuit is pending. Bak Dong, Jonathan Tu and Hossein Nayuri would also be adding kidnapping along with several other charges related to their escape. And needless to say, they are no longer bunk meets. Additional arrests associated with escape including the arrest of Nushafarin Ravaji and I did my best with that pronunciation. So anyway, she taught English classes at the county jail. It was suspected that she had given the inmates maps that had overviews of the areas surrounding the jail, but she was cleared of all the charges shortly thereafter. Lokbang Nguyen was arrested on suspicion of smuggling contraband namely tools used to cut through steel and barbed wire though it was not reported how he accomplished this three other vietnamese gang members were also arrested for suspicion of aiding and abetting a month after their recapture the 71 year old cab driver long ma paid a visit to bach dung at the county jail despite his lengthy rap sheet he did help save long's life he feels indebted to the man. They spoke on the phone through the thick glass. Dong referred to Long as Bo, meaning father, a title of respect for the Vietnamese. For example, my mom, everyone who knows her, refers to her as Chi Hong, which is her title as the eldest sister in the family, and my aunt is referred to as Ko Hung, as my mom's youngest sister. So Dong... Bound by Cultural Guidelines refers to him as Ba Long. Long was there because, as he put it, he doesn't forget his debts. The two men, under those stressful and tumultuous circumstances, found themselves bonded. Long told him, through the phone and through the glass, My son, as long as I am here, I will rescue you like you rescued me. And they cried, because both of their realities are really quite lonely. Dong, of course, is facing some serious time in the county jail. And Long, he lives alone in a rented room somewhere in Little Saigon. Long has mailed Dong books, works of prayer, anguish, detriment, and pathways to enlightenment. He's put what little money he can in Dong's present account. Through his action saving his two cohorts from taking Long's life, Dong has solidified himself, in Long's eyes, as his son, and he's promised not to abandon him. Long lives in a crowded home he shares with nine other residents of Vietnamese descent. All of them are successful to Long, except for himself. He's divorced, which is something I haven't seen very often with the old-school Vietnamese population. None of my mom's Vietnamese friends have ever divorced. None of her family has ever divorced. It happens, of course. It just seems like for the older generations, it's till death. Long is out of touch with his own four biological children. Lonely indeed. He enjoyed a bit of fame, after the kidnapping the obligatory 15 minutes but it passed and he was soon back to his struggles as a cabbie and if you're wondering why dong with his extensive criminal history hadn't been deported well it isn't without trying an immigration judge ordered him deported in 1998 followed by numerous appeals over the next five years but the Vietnamese government refused to accept him but in 2008, Vietnam did sign an agreement with the United States to accept immigrants who were ordered to be deported, but only if they immigrated to the United States after July 12, 1995. So Dung was detained after the shooting I told you about earlier and is up for deportation. Long insists Dung and he are of the same mind, despite what he had done to him, believing him to have been making many wrong decisions before opening his eyes to the truth. Has Dong found redemption? I don't know. Anything can happen, especially if you're lucky enough to have a little Ba Long in your life. And dreamers, this story isn't over yet. Not even close. There is a reason why I'm sharing this story of this jailbreak with you today. Ahead of Sunday's upcoming episode 41. I'm going to tell you the tale of one of the most terrifying and I don't even think terrifying is the right word to describe this. It is one of the most sadistic and unthinkable crimes Orange County has ever, ever seen. Some of you, especially if you're from Southern California, may have heard of the case, and some of you probably haven't. I'd like you to be surprised, so if you can hang tight until Sunday, I will bring you the whole story. But I will tell you this. It involves one of the three men who participated in this 2016 jailbreak. And when I heard that this man escaped from jail, my blood ran cold. So dreamers, don't Google. Stay tuned. Wait for me to bring the nightmares to you. Until Sunday, sweet dreams.